Blog Talk Radio. Radio. It's Laura here, and uh, I am doing something pretty unbelievable. I am hosting the show by myself today, which is, I think, is extremely brave of me. Um, I usually does all the technical aspects of the show, and you wouldn't believe this switchboard. It's quite, um, it's pretty amazing. So hopefully, um, everything will go smoothly. So the guest call in line is 917-889-2693. Again, that's 917-889-2693. And uh, feel free to call in. And uh, my website, just so everybody knows what it is, is thepetpsychic.com. And I want to give a plug to that website because it's pretty neat. There's lots of videos. I just posted a new video of Stormy and um, and his illness and how he's been healing himself. Uh, and then I have a daily blog on that website as well. And you can also order my services on that website. And so... Um, Today, um, I'm going to try to get through a lot of callers, and so what I want you guys to think about before you come on the on the line is I want you to think about one question to ask your animal, and um, and I want you before we even before I even get you on, I want you to tell your animal the question. And um, you can just like say, uh, uh, why are you panting in the middle of the night, for instance? And so the way you ask your animal that is you just picture in your mind your animal doing that behavior, like panting in the middle of the night, and then have that feeling of like a question. And then you can say that somebody is going to talk to you, and I want you to answer quickly about um, what that is. Now, if you guys don't get on today, I want you to to tell your animal um, to find a way to explain to you why, for instance, if they're panting in the middle of the night, like why are you doing that? Try and be really creative. And you can tell your animal to tell you over and over and over and over again or to tell you in the middle of the night so that you get it or to show you. And, for instance, one of the the main reasons dogs pant in the middle of the night is uh, the kibble swelling in their stomach or uh, stomach pain um, or acid reflux. That's probably the number one reason for the panting, in my experience, the panting in the middle of the night. And so what your dog might do is kind of look at his food and then look at you and then look at their food and then look at you, trying to tell you that that's why they pant. So um, it's pretty amazing. If you ask your animals to explain something to you or to tell you why they do something, they will find a way. You just have to pay attention. Um, now, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, I, the other day, or like a few weeks ago, 
my friend sent me this, um, sent me an email about a dog that needed a, a home. And uh, he asked me if I forwarded on, and I, I had not forwarded on. And he got really mad at me that I didn't forward the email on. And um, and he says, this dog really needs to find a home, and um, why haven't you forwarded it on? And then I felt really guilty. He ended up finding this dog a home. But I felt so guilty that I said, okay, the next email that I get, I'm going to send it to everybody I know. And so the next email I got were these two German shepherds um, that needed a home. And I passed it along. And um, and I believe it went to Nancy, um, who books all the guests. And then Nancy forwarded to somebody else. And I believe now these dogs are in a foster home. And it just goes to show the power of sending these emails around. And that was a really big message to me. I, I get so many a day that I I sometimes don't forward them all around. And uh, and I, I realize that that's a big mistake on my part. And so uh, we are going to bring on Joy, who now has these German shepherds. And uh, she can tell us their story. And um, we're going to talk to the shepherds. Okay, here we go. Let's see if I can get her on. Hi, Joy. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. Could you hear me talking? I can hear you just fine. Oh, good, good. I didn't know if I was going live or not or just talking to myself. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> so, um, so, so, Joy, tell us about these two German shepherds you have and about their story. Okay. Well, like you, I get hundreds and hundreds of emails a day. And as an insomniac, I'm up in the middle of the night networking and doing my best to see if we can get these orphans home. And one particular one came across my email. And the subject line read, 87-year-old blind Holocaust survivor to be evicted and her dogs killed on Tuesday. Now, I received this um, Thursday morning around 1230 in the morning. So I immediately started networking and sending out emails and um, sent it to my entire board of directors and just knew that we had to do something to help these two animals. There was no question in my mind. Um, the background story that I, I found out the following day is that this lovely 87-year-old woman um, migrated here, and she took care of her husband for 22 years. who was paralyzed. His sister for uh, 18 years, she was paralyzed. And of late, her daughter, who died of brain cancer. Oh and God. now the husband of the daughter is evicting her and kicking out the two dogs. Kai, have you met the husband? I do not met the husband. I don't want to meet the husband. <laughs> he and I, I'm not a very kind human being, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so our, our main focus had to be the, the positive energy sent to trying to help these two animals. And, of course, Grandma and get her into a safe place. Um, so one of my board members happens to be Warren Eckstein, who's an animal behaviorist, and he happened to be doing a live broadcast at an event out here in Southern California and asked if we could bring the dogs to the event so that he could assess them and, of course, talk about them on his show. And we did that on Saturday. And these two dogs who have never been outside of their backyard were walking on a leash 
so magnificently and were surrounded by 65 animals up for adoption and barking and the stress of a new environment and were just so magnificently behaved that it was it was shocking. We we didn't know exactly what to expect. Wow. Um, yeah, they were wonderful. Of course, they were filthy, and of course, when we saw them, we were appalled at their condition. They had never received a bath in seven years. Mm-hmm. The kids used to go outside and just hose them down with cold water on occasion whenever they felt like it. Um, their ears have been chewed almost off from flood strikes from being outside for seven years. Oh, my gosh, so you can ears- see that on the pictures of them, their ears chewed mm-hmm. so bad. Yeah, we uh, we had to of course shave the ears and you know treat them medically. Um, and they were so good. They they were very fortunate. The event that we were at, uh, the two women that owned the the business, immediately brought them inside, got them bathed and groomed. So they had a doggy spa day for the first time in their lives. Had their nails trimmed. Had a beautiful bath. And we just knew at that point we had to find a home for them. They had to find a foster home, if not a forever home that day. And we were fortunate enough that day to find somebody willing to foster them. And that's where they had been for the past two weeks. Um, Last week I took them to the vet for the first time. They had a full exam. And, you know, after being outside dogs and never stepping foot in a home, for seven years, we just didn't know what to expect. Um, they were magnificent at the vet. They sat there beautifully, let the vet do everything, full exam. They had a full set of vaccines. They had their teeth checked. We treated their ears. They had blood work done. And I'm thrilled to report that the blood work turned out beautiful. No physicality problems whatsoever. Uh, and they're Ron, I'm sorry? They're seven years old. You know that for sure, that they're seven. and Yes, we have they... all of their paperwork. Oh, and are they are they from the same litter? Yes, they are a biological brother and sister. Oh, my gosh. And, and so you've seen know... the pictures. You know I how beautiful they are. Absolutely gorgeous German shepherds. I mean, absolutely yeah. gorgeous. And so, um, so you haven't found a home for them yet. I'm surprised nobody's snatching them up. Well, they're in a foster home, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, you know, but we, we are actively searching for a forever home for them. Um, they're they're wonderful dogs. Considering they've been outside dogs their whole life and have never spent a night in the house, they've never, never once had a potty accident in the house. Oh, wow. Have you, have, um, are they good with other dogs and are they good with cats? Do you know? We tested them the day that they were at the event, and like I said, there were at least 60, 65 animals there up for adoption, and, and you know, the stress of that parking and the new environment, they were great. Oh. They had no problem. They oh. love people. They love kids. We did cat test them and walk them past the cat adoption booth, and they stuck their nose up there, and they had absolutely no interest in the cats whatsoever. Oh, my gosh. So let's and talk. As a matter of fact, I can tell you my vet has hospital cats that run free in the vet office, and they were very fascinated by them and extremely gentle with them when they came face-to-face with them. So oh. no prey drive for small animals at all. Oh, that's so beautiful. So what would you like to ask them? 
Well, I would like to know right now whether they're happy with what we're trying to do for them. Okay. I know it's been such a huge change of lifestyle for them. You know, they're, they've lost their, their human mom to the brain cancer, and now they've lost grandma. Um, fortunately, we are able to bring grandma over a couple of times during the week so that she could you know, oh. feel them and touch them and spend some quality time with them. The foster home is, we're, we're as well trying to help relocate grandma in a safe place. It's not oh only about God. relocating grandma the Grandma isn't located either? <laughs> well, grandma is still in the house, and the the son-in-law has packed all of grandma's belongings in a U-Haul and parked the U-Haul in front of her house, or his house, I should say, and he's playing mind games with her. One day it's okay for her to stay, and the next day she needs to leave, and, you know, it's back and forth. So Rescue Me is trying to as well help grandma and get her into a safe place so she doesn't have this stress as an 87-year-old woman trying to figure out whether she has a home one day or the next day does it. Oh, it's so sweet of all of you. It's so kind. Thank you. Thank you. Um, there's just so many special stories, and, you know, sometimes there's one that stands out that just really tugs at your heartstrings that you really have to put the extra effort into, and this was just one of those special stories. Aww. So, um, okay, so the male, is is it Raja and Rani? Raja and Ronnie. Ronnie is or uh, Raja is the male. Yes, the male, and he's the bigger one, right? The he's got he's more. Actually, he's the smaller one. <laughs> oh, he's the smaller one. So, yes. so, so Ronnie. A <laughs> okay, so Ronnie's the more because when I look at them to talk to them and their their picture, so Ronnie is the one that has like more black and gold. Correct. Correct. Okay. Oh yeah, I would have thought it was the other way around. Um. Okay. And so you want to know if if uh, like how are they doing and if they're if you're doing um, like how are they doing with everything you guys have been doing for them? Absolutely, and whether you know maybe there's something more that we can do to make their adjustment more comfortable for them. Although they do seem rather comfortable, they've received toys for the first time in their life. If you can imagine seven-year-old dogs that have never had a squeaky toy. Oh, okay, let me They've get that. never oh. heard of TV. Okay, this is Ronnie. Okay. Tell them that I'm so grateful. Oh. I was so scared for so long because we felt Grandma's stress. Grandma was so stressed and she was having nightmares. And she kept praying and not believing in a God. And we kept saying, we'll help you. And that we have to stay together so that we can help you. We couldn't leave her alone. I feel really bad that she's not live up with us. Grandma wouldn't mind sleeping on the floor. She slept on the floor before. I have to tell you something, that man is mean. He hurts everybody's feelings. And my mom was really strong. And I think that slowly it killed her. 
And I have to say that all these people are so kind. All they do is love us. And before we thought there's no God, and now we believe. That's so sad. Oh. I eat good food now. And these people are always asking us if we're okay. And I just have to say thank you. And will we get a home together? They will, right? Absolutely. We will absolutely refuse to separate them. They must be placed together. We promise them that. That seems great. These people are really nice. That would be great. Hey, let me get... Let me get Raj on and see what he has to say. This is overwhelming. It was like fear, fear, fear. And then it was relief. When I got a bath, I was like, no way. My fur feels so soft now. Oh. I think it was sticking to me. And underneath, my legs feel really good. Like it's crying and everything. <laughs> yeah. And my butt. They washed me so good. I loved it. Oh, and when they trimmed my nails, I felt like I could walk better. And when we went to the adoption and we saw all the animals that needed homes, it made me feel like we're not alone. And I thought, look at all these animals that have the same issue that we have. It was sort of like what Grandma went through. (laughs) What Grandma went through was amazing. You know, she still sees it in her mind. It plays over and over. And what she remembers the most is the kindness of some people's eyes. And that's how she survived. And that's what we're learning to do now. It's amazing. It's so sweet. Yeah. Do you have any other questions for them? Um, Wow, it's so overwhelming. It's so nice to hear because you can see in their eyes that they're so grateful and they're so happy now, you know. And and when they were getting bathed, they were just so happy and they, they felt good afterwards. And you could just tell their their body when they came out and it was almost like they walked down a red carpet and people were applauding and people were crying because <laughs> they had heard their story and they had this attitude like it was, you know, a red carpet premiere and it was all about them. And you could just see that, they're, you know, in their eyes that they were grateful. And oh. I'm just I'm so happy to hear that they don't feel like they're being abandoned by grandma. That was, that was a big concern. And she would like to make sure that whomever takes them would allow her visitation um, 
and, yeah. and we will see to that as well. You know, it's it's important for her for her healing as well too. Yeah. This is the only thing that her daughter had. You Aww. know, and and this that's that's still a very strong connection. Oh, it's so sweet. So if if anybody's interested, how can they get a hold of you or come and visit them? What how do they do that? They can give us a call. Um I, I can give you our phone number. They can check them out on our website as well. Okay. Um, however you feel it's it's best to get that information to them, just direct me and I will be happy to accommodate that information. Okay, can you tell that information now? Absolutely. Our office number is area code 818-999-2400. Our website is www.rescueneinc.org, and that's I-N-C, not I-N-K. Okay. Great. So that's uh, 818-999-2400. Correct. And rescueminc.org. That's R-E-S-C-U-E-M-E-I-N-C.org. Correct. Yeah. Oh, great. Thank you so much for all that you're doing for them. Thank you. It's something that, you know, we... You can't walk away from certain stories, and this one was just so touching that we really, really knew that we had to help. And mm-hmm. we're doing the best we can. And with people like you who are willing to put their story out there, we so appreciate it because, unfortunately, as you know, doing rescue, there's so many more Raja and Ronnie's out there that aren't having the opportunity to have their stories shared. There and if are. this story just touches one person and makes them aware, then it's all been worth it. Yeah, it's so amazing. You just never know where it all goes to. So thank you for being such an important piece in their story and and helping them be safe. Thank you very much. And we'll definitely keep you apprised as to what's going on as well with them. Please do, Joy. Thanks for coming on. Oh, well, thank you for inviting us. I hope you have a lovely day and the same to your listeners. And thank you for taking the time to tell this story. Of course. Thanks, Joy. All right, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Okay, bye for now. Bye. Okay, I'm going to go to the next caller. Oh, I wanted to tell you all, um, well, that is just so amazing, those dogs. Um, I want to say it again. It's rescueminc.org, and uh, they are really beautiful German shepherds. You should really, if you love the breed or if even you just love nice dogs, should check them out. And I'm going to post their picture and all that information on my website later too, which is thepetpsychic.com. And it will also be on Pet Psychic Radio's Facebook page. Um, and also Chico, the dog from last week, he is still at Camarillo Shelter. Um, I know a lot of people have been trying to get him out with no success yet. And um Please go and, um, if you can, listen to last week's episode and hear about Chico and uh, see if you can get him, if anyone can help get him out of Camarillo. They extended his uh, time. They were supposed to euthanize him this weekend, and I think they're giving him until Friday or Saturday of this, or Saturday. Um, so, uh, so please check out um, Chico at Camarillo Shelter. Okay, we're going to go to the next caller. 
Uh, hello, 1484, you're on the air. Is it Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, yes. Um, this is Darlene from Florida. Oh, there you go. Welcome Hi. to Psychic Radio. So, um, so who's your animal today? Okay, so I'm just doing my first foster. I, I received these two kittens that are 12 weeks old. Uh, last night, and they haven't been socialized uh, much at all, um, so they're afraid of me. I've been trying to, you know, ease them, and um, I'm not so worried. That I have a girl and a boy, and um, I'm not so worried about the girl, but the boy, uh, even when he was uh, at the facility that he was at, um, he didn't like anybody picking him up. He did um, you know, um, not well, but, um, you know, it's SWAT and, yeah, um, whatever kittens do. But anyway, my question to you is, could you see if the boy is okay? And, and I also want to give him a bath. And could you ask them, if, you know, if they would mind that? And Sure. Okay. So how, how old are they exactly? Do you know? They're, tw- they're 12 weeks old. Okay. So they're just babies. Right. Um, and it's, so, it's brother and sister. Okay, they're brother and sister, and what do they look like? Are they gray? Um, a little bit of uh, you know stripes in them. Okay, can you tell the difference between the boy and the girl? What's a distinctive marking for me to know the difference? Well, actually, you know, I haven't seen the boy much. I haven't been bothering with him. I'm afraid though he hasn't eaten. And I've just been trying to, you know, blink my eyes at him to make him feel safe. And oh, at first good. he wouldn't. Then he started doing that. Oh, but he's nice. Really... Good job. Yeah, thank you. So, so... I really, you, you can, you're going to be able to tell by their vibe because the girl is a lot more friendly and the okay, boy is okay. very. Let me ask the boy if he's okay. Okay. I'm a little bit nervous in my body. I feel thin. He is. And I feel hungry, but I don't know how to eat. Really? I feel like eating is hard. Did, and have you had them checked for worms? Well, he was just at the facility that he's at, the lady that runs it, um, I don't know, she's like a uh, some sort of a chemist or whatever. Anyway, she feeds them raw food. You know, she has a big... Huh. Yeah, she has a big food store, and, I mean, she has, you know, a zillion pets. So is he eating, do you know? No, I haven't seen the boy eat, no. Yeah, so, um, I don't feel good at all. What do you say? He says in his body he feels thin. He has this feeling, it's the same sort of feeling as worms, um, and I'm not saying that he has worms. I can't diagnose like that, but it's the same type of feeling where it's sort of like a starvation feeling. Oh, so, really? I know. Um, so how do I how, so, ask him how I can help him to eat? I don't know. I think I need help. Oh. So maybe I would take him to the vet and ask them, but... One of the things that you can do is you can, um, but I definitely suggest that you take him to the vet and have a vet check him out. Um, but one of the things that you can do is you can rub the gums. The gums is connected to the limbic system, which is the emotional center of the brain. 
And sometimes that will help them come around, but it can also help their uh, eating capability. And then also stroking the ears. There's over 500 acupressure points in the ears. And so that can help with calming an animal down. It can help with digestion. Um, it can bring an animal out of shock. I'm sorry, but he won't. Like, I haven't even handled him, nor the girl, but she's at least, you know, but he won't let you handle him. You gotta just—he's only—he's only twelve weeks old. So you gotta just just put him in a towel and handle him. Oh, I see. Okay, so you can so it won't scare him more. Well, I mean, there, to some extent, yeah, it's gonna scare him, but he's gotta learn what that it that a touch is okay. So you can wrap him in a towel, and then uh-huh. you can kind of like—I'm a big fan of the Tellington touch. If anybody knows what that is, and it's like little circular motions around the body. And uh-huh. you can do that through the towel, and you can stroke his ears. But he's just a little boy. so. And whenever you hold an animal, everyone should know this, this is basic animal handling skills. When you hold an animal, you want to hold and sort of give them a little space to give, like an inch or two to give. You don't want to clamp down on them. And, uh-huh. you know, if they pull against you, you can give like an inch boundary and then pull them back, if that makes sense. But I would definitely, he definitely needs to go see a vet. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so, yes. Oh, the, the girl, girl says, but I'm doing really good. Would you say? The little girl says she feels great in her body. <laughs> she said she's learning to roll over. Oh, really? <laughs> I love to roll over, she says. <laughs> So um, bring him to the vet and do those things where you take him in a towel and stroke him really slowly and then call us back and let us know how he does. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'm running uh, animal communication myself, so. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's really important to be really positive with what you're thinking and you want to try and stay away from saying things like don't be afraid or don't hide because then you put that image in your mind whether you're conscious of it or not. And that's how your animals are going to pick up what you're saying. Do you want to be confident, be brave, come out? But it's great, like how you were saying earlier, that you were blinking your eyes at them. So for all of you that don't know, that's a natural calming signal for an animal. So it's really helpful to look at an animal and blink your eyes or look away because it helps them to, to be calm and to have that internal awareness themselves. So thanks for calling in. I'm going to get to the next caller. Thank you so much. I appreciate all your help. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye now. So, you guys, I'm going to I'm going to say out the last four digits of your telephone number so that you know who I'm I'm going to be talking to. So, the next one is 3065. That's 3065. Uh, hi there, you're on the air. Hello? <laughs> um, you're on the air. You said 525 that's your phone number are you are you there hello hello yeah yes that's you so oh i'm uh, sorry that's not my phone number but it probably comes out weird oh really okay. yeah well i'm coming coming from mexico okay oh yeah and i just i rescued a pit bull you rescued what a pit bull what's that 
a pit oh, bull a pit bull i thought you said yeah. a pit bull and i thought oh what is that breed <laughs> i'm sorry my accent is that's weird okay. My, my phone is weird. My accent is weird. <laughs> anyway, he was like really thin and he was hurt. And so we've been taking care of him and still looking for a home for him. Okay. But I was wondering if you could help me. Yeah. And so um, what's his name? His name is Tomas. And what does he look like? Um, I put a picture in your Facebook like a month ago. He's kind of honey color. Okay. Pink, white cheeks, um, floppy ears. Oh, okay. And like what the American you... kind. Okay, and what do you want to ask him? Well, it's a problem because when we walk, he pulls and pulls, and he's already hurt my mother, oh. and my back is killing me. And he oh. also just um, throws himself at gates, you know, trying to get dogs and barking at them and, oh. you know, looking for fights. So it's very complicated and you know yeah. it would be nice if he understood if we walk it has to be you know like our time and really nice time and people and come up with their dogs and they're all friendly and he needs to learn how to be friendly okay do you know how old he is he's around seven. Oh, okay so he's had a little while of not being socialized so it's going to take some time to socialize him um, and so there's a couple of things that can help you just, just basically, is this having the right equipment on him to walk him? And there's two things that I like to suggest for dogs that pull on the leash. And one is an easy walk harness. Do you know what those are? I've seen them. I don't think I can get them. I have yeah. a gentle leader, though. Oh, a gentle leader is beautiful. So that's good, too. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. Okay, so for all of you out there who's wondering what an easy walk harness is, it's just a harness where um, you clip the leash on the chest bone. So it's not on the back. It's on the chest. And it goes beyond the concept as if the dog pulls forward. You're actually pulling their shoulders back so they can't forge forward as much. Now, the gentle leader is also a beautiful, beautiful training training method or training equipment. And um, the gentle leader actually goes over the head like a halter. And what's so amazing about that is that you can teach a dog pretty e – well, one, it will help with the pulling, but this dog seems to be like a tank. And it yes. – <laughs> Yeah, I know those dogs, too, that are, like, still pretty strong, even on the gentle leader. But it can be a miracle for a lot of people. But what also the gentle leader can do is it can help you teach a dog to do a look away when they're scared or stressed or aggressive. And so you can actually pull, pull, release, pull, release on their head to actually get them to look away. And then you can praise them when they do that. And that's something that you should be doing with him. So... Um, I think so he was fought, so that must be a big problem. Yeah, let's ask him. And you might. It really depends on the dog. If the dog is really, um, is really intense. I mean, really, I say with some of the dogs that are a little bit older, uh, I think basically you just want to be able to go for a walk. Like they don't necessarily need to learn how to play with every dog, but you just want to be able to go for a walk and not have any issues. So. Uh, well, I have another dog, and he's been nice to her. I'm oh, still good. nervous, but he has been nice. Oh, that's good. So you know he has the capability of it. Oh, yeah, I told good. him, you know, we'll do anything but this is the line. You have to love Gala. 
Yeah. Okay. Um. Let me let me get and let me get him and let's see what he says. Thank you. I'm so happy here. Can you tell her thank you? I get feisty when we walk. Because there's so much going on. There's so many smells. And there's so many sounds. And there's so many things to look at. And I feel like I need to run. And she can't run as fast as me. I say, why are you so slow? And she says, you're too fast. (laughs) So let me tell him that he needs to slow down to your speed. It's really important. It's hard. I don't mean to pull her over. If I go after another dog, I don't mean to pull her over. What do I do with the energy in my body? There's so much energy in my body. So what he's saying is that adrenaline rush of when he sees another dog, he doesn't know mm-hmm. what to do with that. He doesn't know how to handle that. And so, oh, um, yeah, so there's a couple of things you could do. You could teach him, like, to do a figure eight at that time, or you should bring treats with you and ask him to do something. But let me tell him also to do his calming signals. And calming signals are body language that animals use to calm themselves, communicate with other animals, and sometimes they use them to communicate with people as well. And some of them are blinking of the eyes, licking, yawning, uh, sniffing the ground, stretching, like that play bow, stretching, um, coming to an animal at an arc, like when dogs greet each other nose to rear, um, or if they're coming to you and they're coming to you in arc, that's one. Holding up a paw can be one, but that holding up a paw is pretty extreme stress. Um, looking and looking away. So what we want to do is have him do those in those in that situation. Oh, she looked like she dropped. Um, so uh, hopefully uh, she can still hear us and that she will try to do that with that puppy. We're going to go to the next caller, and uh, I'm going to pick up 6832. That's 6832. Uh, hi there. Hi. My Hello. name is Allison from California. Great. And My dog's name is Coda. She is a three-year-old toy Australian Shepherd. Oh, nice. What color is she? She's a tri. Okay. And what would you like to ask her? What I would like to ask her is um, she gets jumpy. Uh, when anything like pops or loud noises. And I would just like to know why when she hears it and everything, she just runs outside, she goes runs through the doggy door and like goes and hides. Okay. When she hears anything, she runs outside the house? Yeah, she'll, she'll run out of the, um, out of the uh, living room like where we're at and everything. Uh-huh. And- She'll hear like a popping sound or or like a loud sound, and then she runs out the door, out of the doggy door, and goes outside and more or less kind of like hides. And where where are the sounds coming from? Um, it, it could be just like um, uh, like a ice or something. Oh, like ice. So it's like yeah. ice in a glass or ice in the freezer. Yeah, like your ice that's in the cup or something. If that pops or or if 
she hears like a loud sound out outside or something. Okay. And so and so how old is she? She's three. She's three and how long has this behavior been going on? Um ever since we've gotten her since she's like uh six, seven months old. Oh, okay. So what we need to do with her, too, is also teach her those calming signals, the licking, the yawning, and the blinking of the eyes. So I'm going to tell her about those. But also, one of the main things is when you have a fearful dog, it's really important to teach the dogs to come to you when they're scared rather than running away because it's so dangerous to have them flee. So I'm going to explain that to her, too, um, that – that running away from your people can actually put you in danger. So if she hears a popping sound that frightens her, that she should run to her person. Um, And you can help train that by bringing out something that she really likes. And if a popping sound happens, to see if you could get her to come to you with like a hot piece of hot dog or string cheese or something that she loves. Um, the other thing that's really important for dogs like this, and especially in Australian Shepherds, because they're so uh, they have so much um, they're so agile and they're so intelligent, is to bring lots of training into their life. So, like sit down, teaching them to jump over things, doing agility with them, because training builds confidence if you do it humanely. And she needs to learn lots of praise and also have a foundation of behaviors that she can fall back on. If you don't teach these really intelligent breeds, I mean, I feel like if you don't teach any dog commands, then they're going to get themselves into trouble. Um, but uh, the main breeds are Australian Shepherds, Cattle Dogs, German Shepherds, Border Collies, you know, Poodles, any of the Jack Russells. You don't teach them things. They make their own view of the world, and that's really frightening. You really want um, to give them a solid a solid foundation. Uh, let me get her and see what she says. I like to work, she says. I like to sit at my people's side, too. But when I hear a popping sound, it scares me all the way down my back to my butt. And it hurts my butt. And I just feel like I need to get away. What would help me is if mom calls me back softly. Sometimes she calls me back too much. And then her voice sounds scattered. I don't like a scattered voice. My ears are really sensitive. So what she's saying is that when you call her back, that you might be like a little bit frantic or you might be calling her with two different tones. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. How, how are you calling her back? Um, you know, I, I just like, I guess I just... um. Like you said, maybe I do change my tones. Yeah, are you going, Coda, come here, Coda. You don't need to be scared. Come on yeah. back here, Coda. <laughs> yeah. So the, the problem with that is that there's way too many words in there. Oh, so okay. it's just, so what you want to do is, like, before you call her back, take a deep breath, really think about what you want her to do, and you want her to think about her coming to you and being safe. She says she likes to be by your side, so that's really great. So you want to think about her doing that. And then you're going to say, Coda, come, Coda. 
And then you're going to go sort of out towards her, even if you have to walk two feet from her, three feet, and then ask her to do a come and back up while she's coming to you and then pop her a hot dog or something so that she does have the experience of somewhat coming. You don't really want to be dragging her out of places. You want her to be doing it on her own and then say, good, come when and pop her a hot dog okay. or a, or a uh, string cheese or something. Um, so, Hold on, let's see. I just want to say it's scary. The other thing that she needs to know, and this is something that you all can tell um, your animals who are are noise-sensitive, is that they don't need to know everything that's out there. They don't need to know what every sound is. And so you can say, you are safe with me, and um, every sound, I don't, it's a hard one because, when you're saying that, because I'm saying don't ever use don't or you don't need to know, but I don't know how to phrase it another way. So you kind of want to really put the emphasis in the feeling when you tell them that. Like you don't need to know and kind of like like get that feeling of like, no, you don't need to know. Like it doesn't matter. Like who cares? Like I have a feeling of who cares in your body when you say, like who cares about those noises? Like you're safe with mom. It's okay. Okay. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, but trainer, have you been training her at all? Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. We have through two classes, and she is a great dog. Oh, great. So when there's a noise like that, so you can get her back to her and run her through her paces. Okay. Yeah, she, she likes to do that. And then um, oh, there's something else I was going to tell you, but I forget what it was. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Remember how she said that she had pain all the way down her back to her tail? Yeah. Well, yeah, so what that is is that dogs hold fear in their hind end. So whenever they're scared, right, they cling up that tail. Like everybody knows I've seen a tail underneath a dog or she doesn't have a tail. She still clamps that area, the little stub. And what can happen is that they clamp it so much that it actually creates pain in the spine. So they hear a noise, they get a little scared, and then they clamp the tail, and then the pain in the body is more intense, and so they associate noise with pain in the body. So I would suggest getting her adjusted by a chiropractor and see if she's out anywhere um, or if they docked her too short, you know, sometimes that can create pain back there. But sort of get her some body work done on her body and see if you can release some of that tenseness or that pain in the back, and you might see um, you might see her come around more too. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. Great. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Uh, hi, this is Tina and Lily. You're on the air. Hi, Laura. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm hanging in there. Um, my question is, it's been 12 weeks since the vet took my Lily by accident. Mm-hmm. Lily's grandma, my mom, is still struggling very much. My oh. son is struggling. We're all struggling. You know that. Oh. And can we talk to her and see? You know, we talked about her coming back. Yeah, Tina, it was hard to hear you, and there's like some background wind or something. Can you? Okay, hold on. Hold on. Uh oh. Tina? Oh, I think we lost her. Oh, that's too bad. Um, I am going to put her. Um, 
So we lost Lily and Tina, but I want to tell, maybe she will be able to hear this um, later. Um, and so Lily and Tina's story is that Lily passed away um, under a routine um, teeth cleaning. And uh, her family has been so distraught. And Lily has said that she is going to come back. Um, but reincarnation is so tricky because they can say that they're coming back soon, but, you know, there's all these things in the universe that have to line up for them to actually co come back. And so her family has been looking for Lily, um, and they haven't quite been able to find her coming back. And when when your animal comes back to you, um, it's usually you're, you're magnetic to one another. So um, it's like it just happens pretty much like everything lines up and it should be really smooth and uh, there shouldn't be tons of searching tons of like hours on the internet looking at, at at dogs it should be just it happens but it seems to me that the dogs that come back the quickest um are the ones where the people sort of just let it go and they sort of um get over the the animal passing and realizes that the animal is in a better place and is that there is um the spirit does live on and the spirit is uh still watching over us and um and then just sort of allow the process and the other thing is is that um when the animal does come back that when you meet the reincarnation, there's something about that animal that you just sort of can't get out of your head. And for some of you that know my story is that Luca, my poodle now, is a reincarnation of my dog Maya. And Maya was, um, she passed away at 15 years old. She was a wolf hybrid. And she, um, she, she passed away and she like wanted to come back really badly, but I didn't necessarily want her back. I mean, I loved Maya to death, but I just didn't, wasn't ready for like to have a puppy in my life. I'm busy and I just didn't know if I wanted her back, but she was like set, set on it. She said she was coming back. So she came back. She, she came to me in the shower one day or while I was taking a shower and she said, I'm at this exact, she told me the name of the woman that I would find her at, the, the website I would find her. She told me the name she would be named and, uh, and she told me the date that I would get her and everything matched up and I got Luca. But when I went to go see Luca, um, I was, he's like a little poodle, and Maya was like a 115-pound wolf hybrid, and he's a mini poodle, pretty much. He's a small standard, technically, but he looks like a mini, and he was all, like, poofed out, like poodle, fancy poodles, and I was like, that cannot be Maya, and, uh, but I couldn't stop thinking about him, like, and she said, oh, he's never been like that with anybody else before because he was, like, all over me. And I, I was, like, connected to him and stuff, but I like dogs, you know. But when I left there, I couldn't stop thinking about him. So I had to go back and get him. And um, over the months, you know, I, it seems that he's – I see more and more of Maya in him, which is really cool. Um, and I just love it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. But um, for all of you who are looking for your reincarnated dog or cat or animal, whatever it may be, it might not always – you might not always just look at them and know it's them right away, although sometimes it happens. I mean, even for someone like me. 
So um, I'm going to talk to Lily real quick because I know she wants me to do that. Hold on. I want my mom to know I'm safe and I haven't given up. And I want to come back to you. And it will happen in time. I'm still set on coming back soon. But mom just trusts the angels are making it work out. I'm good. Not everyone needs to be so sad. Don't you feel me there? I'm around you all the time. So um, sometimes when animals come back to us in spirit, we'll just get like a memory of them really fast and we don't know it's them, but it is them. So sometimes we think it's just a memory. Um, But it's that it can be them actually coming back to visit. So um, there's a little message from Lily and I'm going to get to the next caller. Okay, I'm going to pick up 2471. Hello. Uh, hi there. Hi, how are you? I'm great, and you? I'm good. So My name's I'm- Chris. Um, actually, I did a chat with you last week with my Bernie's Mountain Dog, Bernie. Uh-huh. But since hi. then, I've flown into Maryland, and I'm at my sister's house, and she has a little two-year-old long-haired chihuahua named Oscar. Okay. And he's red and white, orange and white, and he poops and pees in the house. Oh. How old is he? Two. Okay. And has he always pooped in the house? Uh, Yeah, but he does go outside, too. Okay. And when he poops in the house, where does he go? In the dining room. Oh, so he goes in the dining room. Or and upstairs. Or upstairs. Now, does your sister's family use the dining room? Yes. They do. Is it like a main living space? It's right off the kitchen. Okay, so that's where they like eat most of the time. Yes. Okay. And then what about upstairs? Do they use the upstairs where he's going? Oh, yeah. It's all bedrooms. Okay. (laughs) Okay, the reason why I ask is because where a dog goes to the bathroom in the house or an animal goes to the bathroom in the house says a lot about whether or not if they can be easily house trained. Now, all dogs can be house trained if you do it right. Now, that's for sure. So um, if the animal goes in places that are like behind couches, in spare bedrooms, in dining rooms that are not used, the animal's actually going away from the actual living space. No, he doesn't do that. (laughs) Okay. So what that says is that he doesn't know that he's not allowed to go to the bathroom in his own space. He doesn't know that that's gross. Mm-hmm. And um, just, I don't know if your sister did this, but this could be the product of uh, of some other people out there. If you put a pee pad in... He does a, that. Oh, if you put a pee pad in a small room or if he once had a pen with a pee pad or a crate with a pee pad, mm-hmm. um, she has taught her dog to pee in his own space. Okay. It's not a natural thing for them. Right. And then if they have pee pads in the house, I'm not against pee pads altogether. Right. If you have pee pads in the house, it should be in a box or it should be raised somehow. It should look completely different than the floor because mm-hmm. what happens is dogs or dogs will start to think that anything that's square on the floor is an appropriate place to pee. So, so oftentimes dogs that are 
are trained on pee pads will then go on bath mats, kitchen mats, towels thrown on the floor. Right. So what your sister needs to do, she needs to go back to to training like he was a puppy and confine him to a small space with not a pee pad. And mm-hmm. when she whines or anything, then she takes him outside. In the morning, she takes him outside to pee and poop. And then she takes him inside so that he knows he goes outside to pee and poop, and then he comes back inside. Mm-hmm. Now, in the house, he needs to be on a leash 100% of the time or watched 100% of the time or in an X-pen or a small area. And she has to be stern about this. Now, sometimes I can talk to them, and they never go to the bathroom in the house. But for dogs that never learned it, it's a little bit harder and you need to back it up because it's about consciousness. And if they never had that consciousness that they weren't supposed to go to the bathroom in the house, you literally have to do training too. So uh, though I'm open to miracles of it, of him, of him doing it when I talk to him now, but okay. Um, but she needs to do it. And what happens is I get calls from people whose animals are small dogs are 13 or 14 years old. And they said, I'm so sick of this. And I say, it's your fault. Because mm-hmm take care of this when they were younger. Right, right. So um, so she needs to get on it if she wants it to change. Um, okay. Uh, let, what's his name? Oscar. Oscar, and what does he look like again? He's um, long-haired chihuahua. He's like red, white, orange, white. Okay. I'm doing good. This is fun. Can I say I want more things to jump up on? Can I have a stool in front of the couch? Let me tell him he's not supposed to pee in the house. Supposed to pee and poop only outside, Oscar. You need to go to the bathroom. You pee and poop only outside. Sometimes I pee and poop and all they do is use a napkin or they pick it up. Yep. Sometimes they say, oh, Oscar, but they never get really mad, but they are really mad. It's gross, Oscar. It's disgusting. Pee and poop only outside. It's disgusting. I don't think it's disgusting. It gets picked up really fast. Like you write, it's not just bothering you, right? It's bothering your sister, right? Right. Yeah. It's bothering your mom, Oscar. It is bothering your mom. You need to pee and poop only outside. Be really smart. He said, I heard about string cheese. Can I have string cheese? <laughs> Maybe if he poops outside. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we're, uh, it looks like we're, uh, I got the 90 seconds. Um, it looks like our show is almost over. It's going by so fast. <laughs> um. So try that with Oscar. And so you want to keep reminding him, pee and poop only outside, and it's gross to poop and pee inside. Okay. And keep telling him over and over and over again. Okay. And then we'll try some string cheese. And string cheese, yeah, when he goes outside. And treat and, and you want to put a um, command to it, too, like go poop and potty outside or good poopy or good potty or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for calling in. Okay. Thanks thank you, Laura. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. 
So everybody, I'm getting the uh, 60 seconds or something, so we're running out of time. So I want to tell you my website again, which is thepetpsychic.com. Again, that's thepetpsychic.com, and you have to check that out um, for uh, my video log and my blog, and you can order sessions online there. And then also tune in to Pet Psychic Radio. That's um, that's Pet Psychic Radio on Facebook. And I and I always post there. And we want to um, send our love out to I because she's in Japan um, with her, trying to give her mom her liver. So lots of love to I. And uh, I missed you. Bye, everybody.